episode is an interview with Sheldon Oliver. Sheldon is a CEO, entrepreneur, and owner of six companies, as well as multiple nonprofit organizations. Sheldon is a community leader and formerly incarcerated gang member who found himself in prison and is now dedicated to infusing love in all of his businesses and in all interactions in life. This is one of the more powerful conversations I've had the privilege of having in my own life ever. Thank you, Sheldon. We look forward to having you back. Everyone, enjoy. So Sheldon and I met through the recent meditation retreat. And uh, I personally am not a very experienced meditator, but Sheldon is. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, so we uh, had a really good time together. And uh, one of the things that I learned about Sheldon is that he is an excellent storyteller and he has a very <laughs> unique approach and mindset around business and leadership. So yes. immediately, obviously, I wanted to see if you would join and, and be part of this uh, initiative around conscious leadership and power and inspiring uh, companies to do what's best for not only the business and the money side of things, but also right. for the people. Right. So, uh, Sheldon, thanks for joining. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a blessing for me. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, you and I both are the most excited uh, people. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what a combo. <laughs> okay. So so we, we talked a little bit about uh, your perspective on business and your approach being unique. I know it has a lot to do with love. Do you want to just mm -hmm. introduce <clears throat> yourself and uh, a little bit of background of your story? Uh, uh, yes, uh, my name is Sheldon Oliver, um, born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, the steel city of bridges and the best football team ever. Um, my story starts back and I, well, I will just briefly go over it, but it starts back when I was uh, early 15 years old. It was, on, it was in the street life, gangs, uh, drug activity, kicked out of school, uh, 16 I never graduated from high school. Found myself uh, in gangs for the next, man, I guess all the way up to I was 21, maybe. I think I finally got out of gangs, 22. No, I would say 25. Um, I lost a host of family members to violence. Um, first cousins, my uncle and my oldest brother. Um, I lost over 22 friends, maybe more than that, to, to, to violence. Um, so my life was always built around the presence of violence. We were shot up, shot at. Um, a friend of the young guys died in my arms at a young age. When uh, killed, had took his last breath. Uh, I think it was my first true experience with love. Um, I felt life. I felt like, wow, we've been going through so much. And I remember holding kill for, I don't even know how long it the time somebody grabbed my shoulder, the police was there and the sirens, and I remember just getting up running. Um, and that was my first really true experience with really feeling life. And I compared that life to, to love because it was love that saved me, I felt that night. So I grew up um, it's a place called Homewood in Pittsburgh, uh, known you know, for violence and, and drug infestation. Um, many don't make it out. 
and he doesn't don't make it out of there either through prison or to the cemetery. I had a good dad. Um, my dad and my uncle kept us all together as family. And when we get into this, you'll learn more about that, how I use that for business. Um, but they uh, they were always there. Uh, my mom and I never really had a strong relationship. <clears throat> uh, there's stories um, with her and, you know, her trying to find love within herself. So she really didn't know how to give love to me um, in them times. But so I didn't ever have that mother love mother-son relationship. Um, I still earn for it today. Uh, we have been rekindling our relationships since I've been home from prison. So, and even while during in there, uh, we end up, you know, making some powerful moves uh, towards love. Um, and that's what we want to share today, uh, how love can just get you through a multitude, a multitude of things. When you uh, were in prison, that's when you started reflecting on who you are and yes. what you're wanting your life to be like. Can you yes. share a little bit about that? <laughs> yes. Yes. You're good. So yeah. Um, in prison uh, and even, even the day of my court hearing, um, it was filled with people who weren't of my past. It was filled with people of my guess considered the new life um, of, of, of my future. And, and it was already being set up. I just didn't never realize it. So, you know, I had the time to look back on it. And then when I finally got to prison, I realized that, wow, I didn't know who I was. Who, who am I? Who is Sheldon? I knew the streets called me smoke, but I never knew who Sheldon was. And uh, it was funny because I took every day serious in prison um, from the Monday to Sunday, I was doing something, whether it was working out, reading, I was doing something to educate myself. I had the brackets, the physical, the mental, the spiritual. So every day I'm working on something, man. I realized that I didn't know who I was. I realized that <clears throat> everything I'd done and everything I lived was a facade. I realized as a black young black man, I didn't know what does that mean? What does that mean, a young black man? Um, I didn't know my favorite color. I'm like, man, I thought blue was my favorite color because I was a crip. No, blue is not my favorite color. <laughs> I was like, I like yellow actually, and I like black. <laughs> so, and then there was, you know, what is my favorite food? And I used to be cracking up because, you know, you take the girls off for steak, you know, a good date, you get them a good steak. You think, you know, you got a good girl. Everybody likes steak. I don't like steak all like that. I like a good burger, you know? So, um, it was just times like these fancy cars and jewelry. I don't like jewelry. You don't see with a bunch of jewelry on now and so it was there in prison where i had the opportunity um, to sit for five years and, and find out who sheldon was and we had six months left and they had us in this uh thing sort of like a dormitory i mean like the army so it's like a dormitory like an army and everybody like the barracks and everybody's in there and uh so we're in the barracks or in, in the unit. I used to get up real early because when they moved me here, Wesley Snipes was here and there was um, people who did white collar crime. So they really didn't do, never did no really bad things. So they sent them to this place called the camp. And you had to, for us, we had to work our way down from a camp. We used to be in a cell. So I used to get up really early because these guys didn't know how to treat prison the way we did. <laughs> so you like go to the bathroom, you post a courtesy flush, brush your teeth, don't spit in the sink. You know, there's just little things that just can irritate a guy who's been in prison for a long time. So I used to get up real early and I remember this, I was on my way home and I'm really happy about it. I only had a couple months left and I remember brushing my teeth and there was a song we couldn't get no stations up there. I think I was uh, at McKean and we couldn't get no stations on McKean prison. And so I had my headphones, you just get whatever station you got, that's the station you listen to. 
And if I got a good station, which I considered a good station, and it was a song, and I always look for this song, and it said, I jumped up out of bed. I got my swag on. I had to say, what's up? And I'm like, wow, this is nice. I remember looking in the mirror while I was brushing my teeth, and I was like, Sheldon, Sheldon. And then I learned how to love Sheldon. I'm like, I love you, Sheldon. It was right there. I gave them encouraging words to myself. And I promised God on them very day that I would never pick up a drug or a gun for the rest of my life. And when I got home, I was going to be twice as good, twice as better as I was when I was doing all that stuff from Satan. When I got home, I was going to be, woo! And I stuck to it. <laughs> you wow. bring back memories. <laughs> yeah. And, and so would you say that when you look back and think about what's been an influence, the biggest influence, that it's that time, those moments, a particular person, or is it just too difficult to pin it down to one thing? I guess you can, you can, you can always say uh, it was definitely the moments of, of my past. I would never, never, ever take any of the moments away because every one of the moments made me a better person. I think in every moment in life, what you put in it, you know, the story, you're going to get what you put out of it um, or what you take away from it. Um, I can use those moments for excuses to be a terrible person. I can use those hurt moments because hurt people hurt, hurt people, hurt people. And I can use those moments for that. So I would say those moments were the best of me. Those moments were the most encouraging, motivating moments I've ever had time to spend by myself and actually to get to learn me. I could have took the moments of there's people in prison every day. Um, there's people in these streets and these gangs and these murders every day. And I could have took, them same situations and do them same people may do but I think I just I had a bigger picture in my life I felt like I just had a purpose and I just never knew how what it was there what even the name but I knew I had a purpose so I think those were the beginnings of making uh me who I am today and even like the time in 2014 August 2nd when I had to stand on the street for eight hours and watch them get my brother off the street after he was just gunned down and murdered um, those are just times that just makes you who you are. You know, uh, a lot of people call that trauma. Um, I call them investings, investing. All these things have just been investing into me. It sounds like nobody in prison or before inspired you to adopt that mindset uh, that you're describing. Of you know, I would say <laughs> there was a seeds planted. Um, the mindset came from the life. There was a seed planted. Uh, my grandfather actually um, had the first open top trucking business in Pittsburgh. Isn't that something? And my dad and my dad's brother used to work for my granddad, who then eventually got the first mobile garbage trucks where wheels and you know didn't have the. Now you see the garbage trucks. You got the things in the back. You can throw the rubbish in the back. They didn't have those. They had to throw it over the top, and so. My dad and my uh, granddad and my dad's brother, um, who eventually started getting us to go down there and help with a flat tire or help with different situations, were the first people I seen working diligently on their own business. They never poured into us. Like my, my granddad never spoke to us or my dad never spoke to us about, you know, uh, this is how you start a business. Uh, go to college, <laughs> get education. Uh, no, ours was get up, 
you might not be going to school today. We might need you to go throw some garbage and we're going to get you a Snickers or a candy bar afterwards. You know what I mean? So the visualing of it and what they did were able to keep us all together. My, my dad's brother also has children and they didn't teach us um, cousins. They raised us as brothers. And I think that's where in business, you need to have that loyalty, that relationship. You need to have that trust. And I think those are some things I did grasp from the way we were raised. And even to this, till this day, um, we still don't have a lot of friends. We have the same group of sons who way back then are still the same group of sons now. And it taught us a lot about family orientation, um, relationship building, and you get so much just out of that. So I would give them kudos for, you know, being the first people we've seen. But the streets did pay a lot of it, of my, uh, as a drug dealer, you had to run a business, <laughs> you know? So, uh, prison, you know, it's actually, you had to run your business. You had to sell things in prison to survive. You had to sell maybe some candy, some Snickers. So it's always, you know, a mindset of saying, I- I'm going to survive some, no matter what. <laughs> At the same time, there are so many people who get into prison and, or don't, but they also n- never, get that mindset of look all these tough things Mm. i'm grateful for them because they're making me who i am and i'm going to harness the drive that i have from them and i I have more drive than anyone else because of these experiences Uh, and they're giving me a power like not everybody has that mindset do you think it's something that can be taught like if you go and you speak to people and you share with them and you plant the seed that this is a way that you can live um do you think that that's something that can be taught or is it something that somebody just has to experience right no no. a blessing no no absolutely it could be taught um uh, since i've been home i've been teaching it um a lot consistently um it's absolutely can be taught but but they have to be willing um, this isn't an easy thing for the lifestyle we came in. So uh, one thing about the lifestyle is revenge. Um, we have a big thing with revenge, and it's hard to see your brother get killed by another man, and you want revenge. Um, it's hard to another thing in, in our community is it's hard for pride. I don't. I don't. I'm going to have the tennis shoe. You know what I mean? I don't want to have the bummy shoe. Um, so absolutely, it can be taught. Um, and I would, I'm really looking forward to teaching you on a bigger level uh, of the image and who you are. And, and one of my things are, and um, what are you standing on? For me, it was easy for me because I had a respect of when I came back home from prison, I had sort of a, a street credibility or what you want to call. I still had, um, you know, so it wasn't saying, oh, well, Sheldon is not smoke no more. Sheldon's this guy. So no, I brought something back to the community that I learned to teach other men that, that and young men that they don't have to go to the things I've went to. So we started landscaping companies. I started giving guys their own business cards, 16 and 15 year old kids with their own business card. Hey, this is your landscaping as much as this is my landscaping company. And that way it shares the probability to the both of us. Now they feel like they own something and they have something. Now they have something to love. If you don't give nobody nothing to love, 
love, they're just going to treat it like, and that's just with your business too. Here, this is not just my business. I want you to be a part of this business. I want you to grow into this business. I want your name to be on the sign just as much as my name is on the sign. And now you have something to care for. You know, we're doing a thing now. We're, we're um, starting to invest in some houses. We're we're going to build the houses and you get to work with our or work with our contractors. You get to learn how to tape. You get to learn how to put drywall, plumbing, electric. But that's not all on these homes. We want you to have a business card to say, hey, I helped with this home. And not only when we sell this home, you get three percent of the deal because this is part of your your investment. So absolutely, it could be taught. And, and we we need to teach it. And I'm looking forward to teaching it. Um, I try to teach it on a daily basis. Uh, love, we just don't have it in the community. Love and hope, they have. They, it's been taken away like it doesn't exist. And, you know, uh, if I just feel grateful right now just to be able to be able to have this opportunity to say, wow, I'm maybe one of few. Who, and I didn't look at it like that, but, yeah, they have. Um, and they work on it every day. They work on it every day. They work on tearing away love and hope out of our communities and lives. That gives a, a bit more color to the story around, so not only have you shifted this mindset uh, and created a wonderful life for yourself and your family, but you've also built about seven or eight businesses or yes, where, yeah. where are you at now? So, so we're at, uh, six businesses and uh, two nonprofit organizations, three nonprofit organizations. We just started another one. So and another. so you have a lot of people who now um, directly you're leading. And yes. then you have a lot of people in the community who <laughs> indirectly or directly you're leading and then big aspirations to impact uh, more in, in the world. Let's talk about the direct uh, impact that you're having with the people that you lead who are part of your companies. So I'm guessing that even though you are such an awesome leader, you still have challenges that you have to face. Yeah. People still disappoint you. People don't give it 100% every single day and every single moment. So you have to have tough conversations. How do you have those tough conversations while holding people accountable while still demonstrating love? I don't have disappointing conversations, uh, for one. <laughs> so um, a disappointing conversation to me is, uh, man, you know, somebody just died or, you know, that's a disappointing conversation. Yeah. Um, so uh, as far as in business and if you're in, in even with accountability, um, I can't hold uh, my employees accountable. That's not my job. You know, uh, if you need somebody to hold you accountable, you should get an accountability partner. Like I have, I have accountability partners, people that can hold me accountable to, you know, things in my life that I have gave access. Um, one thing about accountability, you have to give people access to hold you accountable that you would listen. So disappointment, no, but to have them. And do I have people who uh, don't, reach the criteria that we would like them to on a daily basis, on a daily basis. Um, but at the same time, the mindset is why, why, why are you, why are you not reaching um, the goals that were, that are set in place for your job or any employment you work at? Why? And there's always that why 
in that relationship because if you're not able to ask that why on a personal level, then you might as well forget about your business growing. You know, I want to be able to say, okay, since since you're, you're, you're we see that you came across my desk three times, um, I see that they already had wrote you up twice. Why? What's going on? Let's talk personally. Um, we know that you're a single mom of, of three. Um, is it a financial issue? Um, do you have, uh, is there somebody sick? Are you sick? Um, what's going on? We have to be the ones to anchor. You know, there was a time where I never, I didn't have anything. You know, I might have had, I had the same shoes on for weeks. So I had to give that uh, empathy in every single day in every business and every employee we have. So never am I disappointed. I want to be more understanding and to, and you know, again, we can't help everyone. We can't help everyone, but we have to make that attempt. And, and so I'm guessing in order to have that, and, and I'm not sure disappointing is the right word, but more like difficult in order to have those difficult conversations, it's, it's necessary that the person trusts you in order to open up. What are some of the, things that you strive to to do consistently to help people trust you build relationships <laughs> build relationships build relationships communicate 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 feel free feel free comfortable the same things i looked for when it wasn't there I would do the same things. It's such a blessing to have employees that um, the other day, I'll just give you a few examples. And then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you to a difficult conversation too, but it's such a blessing to be able to have employees call on you. Hey, um, I don't know how to ask this, but you know, me and the wife are about to get a car. I'm a little short, you know, it's a blessing to be able to say, I'm in a position to say, absolutely let's get this car you know what i mean i'm in a position to say you know just a guy just left out here just earlier he came up he was doing some trainings he just had to stop and come in office and he just hugged me he was like man i just want to say thank you man i have been i'm he said he's a 55 year old man and i never just had the, this this opportunity this experience man he said i just thank you for it. um just some of the the blessings that you give other people and then you know they want to pay that forward they're going to say, oh, what an awesome guy, you know, what an awesome company. Let me go home. And it, and it could be an angry person. He might decide, you know what, they were just so good to me. You know, I just got to go home and just try to be nice for, for a minute or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember, if I could just say one thing, that one story you told me is that when you were um, in prison, you used to leave your door unlocked or your yeah. locker unlocked because yeah. if somebody takes it, they needed it more than you. And I think they, that... That's like an analogy for what you're talking about. It's like you just trust people. And if they break the trust, well, you know, they must be hurting really bad inside. They must be. And then you position them. So, you know, we're going to get to the position piece next because the position piece is very important. Um, so the, the difficult conversations, uh, one of my businesses, <laughs> one of my businesses is an inspection station. Um, it's an inspection station um, where, you know, you get your car inspected or, you know, it's called Auto Shop Motors. Over this business, I have my father, right? So there's a difficult conversation with one being the father, two being the the, the I'm the I'm the owner. So you know he don't <laughs> he, he's the father. So he he this is this point and this is this is a difficult uh, conversation. Uh, he wants to run the business one way and it's his way. Um, he's from a different era in life. 
He's from a different time in life uh, where things were innovative, um, things that moved the same way he did. Um, and, and there's difficult conversations that have to be had there with a father and son and an employee and a boss. And they don't really get no more difficult than that um, because, you know, he can say some things that he can say and I can say some things that I can say, but I have to be respectful. So there's times when, you know, I have to be stern and say, you know, as far as a business to run a business, I have to meet certain quotas. I have to do certain things. I have to have a certain product. I need certain quantity and quality. These are things that I know in your heart that these are things that you want to do, but you know, unfortunately as a brand, we have to not think about ourselves anymore. We have to think about the brand, right? And even in the other business, I have, I have, a, I have a young lady who just can't be on time. Just can't do it. She just I don't know why. She just cannot be on time. So I had to dive deep into her personal life. I had really just had this anchor of why can't you be on time? You know, the other employees, well, uh, and this goes back to the accountability piece too. Uh, other employees, if you're running a great business, other employees will let you know about other employees. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they'll say, and they'll hold other employees accountable. And that's what the greatness of a great business. You'll have employees. Your employees will hold other people accountable because they know how good the business is for them and how good their life is. And you get somebody to come in who's late or not living up to these, these moments where I don't have to have that difficult conversations. A lot of times these employees will say, look here, now you're interfering with what we got going on here. But I see this is not on time. So I had to really have a stern, deep conversation with her to a point where she started crying. And that's what we want. We want to get in there, you know, and this is probably some things she's been holding for years, you know, alcoholism, you know, these are things she's dealing with. But since there's nobody diving in there, I can just let it go and say, you know what, you're fired. I can just replace you. I'll put you on leave, you know, things like that. But what would I have gained out of that? What would, what, what, what would she have gained out of that? And now, you know, we have her getting help and she's doing wonderful and she's more, you know, working towards, you know, being on time and taking things a little more serious. But that's who we are as uh, business owners. We have an obligation and a responsibility, a huge one, and it's way bigger than money. So you're talking about helping your employees to be their healthiest highest performing selves yes and, and to trust that it's not that they're cheating the system on purpose for no reason it's that they're hurting inside and you're willing to try and help them figure out why yes sure we are yeah, yeah. we are what are your thoughts? Have you ever thought about how to scale that? Because I know that there are some people listening and they are touched. And at the same time, they're running very large organizations and they're thinking, how do you scale that? Just at the interview. Um, so uh, it all starts at the interview, right? Um, let's say one, one of our businesses have 25 employees. I have another one that might have 10, another one, you know, five. Then you have some of the smaller ones. It might just be three. Um, then you have these big organizations. They may have 500 employees, you know, where, you know, how do they scale that at the, how do they scale that at the interview? 
um, it's their responsibilities. And if you ever read uh, the owner of Chick-fil-A, he has a really great training. I don't know if you read the, the book, but um, one of the good things about the interview, it allows you to become one with the person. Not only did that person come there for you to interview them, but they're also interviewing you. And right there at the interviews where the relationship is built with the, with you on a personal level, with you on your brand, right there, I get to ask some good questions. Um, how was your past? Were you a felon? Were you this? Were you that? What happened? And let me tell you a little bit about myself. Well, yeah, guess what? I was a felon. Guess what? I made some dumb mistakes in my life. Oh, you did? And now they're comfortable. And now we're building a relationship. I don't know if you're going to get the job or not. But one thing I do know is even if they don't get the job, I'm building a relationship here and i may be putting a problem in, in a position where we can help each other right so yeah. big big companies um would have to i have I, we have supervisors i have supervisors under me um program specialists under me I have managers and each one of my managers each one of my supervisors each one of our program specialists know this is how i am because when they came and got hired guess what we went through the same process so guess what they do it starts here and so it's with every king, you know, you take the king's head off, the king, the way the castles is going to fall. You, the castles ran like this is the way the castles want to be. I'm not, I make sure at the beginning process with every one of these employees of mine, they know where we stand. I have a personal, hey, how's, how, how's your husband? Or how's, you know, I, I, how's Jimmy? Or, or how's Tom? Or how's Sarah? How, how, you know what I mean? So I, I'm making my point. It starts at the interview and it starts with you training um your your employees um i can't be over 500 employees every day right but i can train up 20 good guys or i can train up five who's going to train up five more and then i can check on those groups and come and have meetings with them and then i can also reach out to the 500 when i can you know if it's just a text we have mobile phones now you know and we always remember that employee um accountability it gets back to you. I don't care if you've got a thousand employees. If you're into your groove, it's going to come back down somewhere along the line that you, you know, you reach out. But you got to pay attention to it. Sometimes we get so deep with wealth and uh, so so deep with personal ish, our own personal uh, things. I think we lose sight of where we were once happy and why we worked so hard to build it. Mm, okay, that that leads really well into another question I have listening to you. So you you have these amazing and very practical uh, approaches that you're implementing. And mm -hmm. then being human, we all get in our own way. So like we know what to do, we know what we should do, but then we don't always do it. What do you think is uh, some of the reasons you've observed for why either you or other people get in their own way? Doing too much. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> doing too much. We're just doing too much. Somebody just need to tell us to sit our butts down. Just go sit down, Dad. <laughs> too much. <laughs> oh, uh, we get in our own way a lot. Um, <laughs> one, one, um, especially if you're a visionary. Um, being visionaries, uh, we tend to get in our way a lot because we um, like to see um, the future and bring it to the current. 
Um, and by doing that, we're continually building, you know what I mean? Like, when do you stop building businesses, Sheldon? You know what I mean? So that question gets in my way that day. Here goes another one. I'm in my way again. Did you finish the last one? Where are you at with the last one? Is your plate clean there? Um, so, yeah, we get in our way a lot. Uh, for me to get out of my own way, um, I definitely count on the accountability partners. Mm. And, I've been blessed to have a great group of accountability partners who are a lot more wealthy than me. Um, and some are, you know, some of my accountability partners did 20 years in prison. I have another accountability who owns 15 McDonald's, you know, so uh, then I have another accountability who's a judge who I and then go figure. I stood in front of a judge and I'm one of my accountability partners is a judge. You know what I mean? Um, and them guys really, uh, I would give advice to men in our seats to get around a group of men or women who can hold you accountable because one of my biggest things is getting in my own way because I have a big heart. So I'm constantly opening windows. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, here, just throw it out the window. Let them have it. Come here, Let's make it happen. Let's do it, right? So my accountability is say, hold up, man. You never close the window on a cigar bar. You know what I mean? Or is it open? Or hold up, man. You know, we, we got some business over here that you, you had to tend to. Did, did you didn't, you know, you didn't get it done. And and then and then you always got your biggest, your spouse is always going to let you know when you're in your own way, too. So you always got to pay to your spouse, even though you don't want to hear your husband or your wife. Uh, but, yeah, Terry, we, we, we all get in our own way constantly. But don't let that, I would never let that be a... Uh, a crutch. If you notice that you're in your own way, pretty much you're in your own way. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't let that hinder me or my visions of being a visionary. Um, I would just work on me. For me, that's working on closing windows and doors and me getting in my own way. But I guess once you find that, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't let that be a crutch in, in, in your in your growth. You know, those are just a part of life. Um, we want to get in our own ways. We have great hearts. We, we want great things. We want things. But it's great to have that accountability um, to help pull you back <laughs> when you're in your own way. I have a feeling we're going to need to do a round two. Okay. Um, okay. But before we wrap up, okay. I, I am curious, out of all your experiences and blessings, uh, what are you most grateful for and or proud of? I'm most grateful to be alive, to be able to speak to you all today. I'm most grateful for being chosen. It feels like, you know, uh, as many shootouts as I've been in and many times I've been shot at. And I'm, I'm just grateful to be that guy who was once simple street gang banging, drug dealing, gun toting kid. And now has been blessed with the opportunity to have three kids go through college a father whose house is paid off, a mother whose house is paid off. I'm grateful for, you know, being able to sit here and help others. Um, I'm truly grateful to be able to say, you know, uh, thank you. Thank you just for choosing me to be the guy to, to, to now be over six businesses and employees and help. And, you know, just I'm, I'm truly grateful. And that's why, you know, money has no object. And, and what was the second question? Because this grateful thing got me. So I never really went through the grateful thing. <laughs> uh, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm most proud of me. I'm most proud of me. I'm most proud of me. Well done, 
Well done. Oh. Um, how interviews bring out things you don't think about, huh? <laughs> At this moment, um, it's usually, usually uh, my answer would be I'm most proud of seeing everybody grow and everybody around me doing well. Um, one of my, that's my biggest thing. My biggest thing is everyone that's around you needs to grow like you. Um, everyone, everyone, everyone that sits at your table or, or your table that surrounds you needs to grow with you. They're not just meant to stay employees. They need to grow up to a manager. They need to grow up to a supervisor. They need to grow up to have their own businesses too. But at this moment right here and having this opportunity today with you, I will say the most thing I'm proud of, and I don't want to sound, I want to say it as humbling and gracefully as possible. Um, the most thing I think I'm proud of today is me, Sheldon David Oliver. I'm feeling extremely humbled as well. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Really appreciate you.